the cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. Let's make that climb together up the, the green, green peak. peak with your host, Richard Zwicky. Good morning, everybody. It's uh, Richard Zwicky with uh, Green Peak. I'm the uh, founder and CEO of Plana Global. And uh, joining us today is uh, Kyle Sherman with um, Flowhub. And Flowhub is a really interesting uh, company in the technology side of the cannabis sector. And uh, I have a particular affinity to that, as uh, many of you will know, my background being in software and uh, large-scale data analytics and uh, AI systems. Uh, lends itself well to a uh, looking at uh, the production of cannabis, medical cannabis, and the growth of the industry and trends, and uh, also how platforms are going to become dominant in the next few years. As uh, I think in every sector in history, um, it's the platforms that have really become the uh, the engine on which everything else is built and operates. And uh, Kyle, you positioned you uh, you were the founder of Flowhub and are uh, the CEO. And why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the history of Flowhub and uh, where you look at it going over the next uh, couple of years? Yeah, uh, you know, look, going back about five years ago, six years ago now, early 2014, uh, I moved from Los Angeles to Colorado to kind of figure out what the future of cannabis looked like. And, and my thought and intention in moving to, to Denver in particular was that uh, Colorado was the first state to legalize cannabis for adult use. And it was also the first state to institute uh, this kind of deep level of tracking, uh, you know, a deep level of regulation and compliance. And so, you know, for me, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be a part of that beginning. And I wanted to figure out how we could leverage uh, compliance to drive the industry forward. So to essentially show, uh, you know, very conservative folks who may, you know, uh, who may have deeply believed the propaganda uh, from the, you know, from the Nixon years to the Reagan era, right? Um, and, and show them that there's a better way, that regulation is better than prohibition. And that, uh, you know, by leveraging technology, we could create a transparent industry with, with uh, good actors uh, paying taxes and, and create an industry where, uh, you know, uh, every retailer is checking IDs and, and where, uh, you know, a product is not kind of leaking into the black market. And so, um, you know, being, being in Denver, Colorado, I looked at the opportunity and realized that software was where uh, we needed to play. And... Um, really started to figure out that, you know, compliance software was, was the way to do it and build a platform truly that allowed other people to build on and help businesses scale and do all these things. So that's, uh, that's kind of how, you know, Flowhub came to be, right? Just uh, being on the ground floor, uh, working in compliance and, and kind of finding uh, that, that there was no software specific to the space. And that was desperately needed uh, for any sort of scale to happen. It's absolutely critical for any scale to happen with any business. And, you know, I think, when we look at uh, the application of software into this industry, it's definitely been uh, driven by a compliance perspective, but also a, a real focus early on on the uh, the supply chain. And you know, Flowhub, its focus, you know, tends to be towards uh, early on. People look at it from the perspective of the point of sale and the transactions and providing the compliance data. Where else do you delve into, and where should a producer yeah. look at integrating with you? At what stage? 
Yeah, look, we, from distribution on, uh, people use Flow Hub, right? Where our platform is essentially, it's very unique actually compared to most of our competitors in that it's an operating system for the retailer who oftentimes owns some level of distribution uh, to their you know multi-stores that they have around the state. It could be a single store operator or someone with four stores or someone with 25 stores. And so, uh, you know, our, our software, while point of sale is one component of it, we've, we've got very deep level inventory management, compliance automation with the state, meaning that we're gathering, uh, you know, certain data points, sending that to the state regulators on behalf of our customers uh, and, and allowing them to stay compliant in whatever jurisdiction they're operating in. And we've also got an app store, so we're very extensible. You can use our software on any sort of hardware, iPad, ads, you know, HP, point of sale terminals, PCs, Macs. You can kind of create your own adventure. And so uh, between all these things and kind of adding on third-party applications in our app store, uh, into your own ecosystem. It could be a loyalty program. It could be headset for data or any of these things. You kind of create your own adventure and, and this allows retailers to differentiate, but run compliantly and, and operate effectively and efficiently, right? Increase their margins, increase sales volume, increase compliance, right? Uh, lessen the risk, right? All these things are so important in this space and it's so particular to the industry, right? We don't see this in other forms of retail fully. So, um, you know, again, a particular you know solution is necessary in this vertical. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it, uh, part of my part of my background was in uh, marketing technologies and the, everybody in marketing uses the historical Wanamaker quote, which is, you know, half of my spend on marketing is wasted. I just don't know which half. And yes. the thing with good plot, and this has been a, a constant challenge for uh, companies in the space and everybody's been working at is, you know, as we build these software tools and we build tools like a point of sale system and uh, other tools that give us the data around supply chain and transactions. You cut that down. You you know more and more what's what spend is working and how to work it, but it extends beyond the marketing aspect. It extends into the entire supply chain because, you know, today it's not a commodity price, but tomorrow in the next couple of years we're going to have commodity pricing on the uh, in the space, and then it really becomes a question of how are you going to make sure down to every penny where you're maximizing your uh, returns and ROIs. Where early on people could make a mistake and margins are so high they didn't worry as much about it whereas now as we're fitting you know starting really into the phase going to quickly go into phase three that's no longer the case and so with your technology how do you give people insights into um where to look at where where are those uh, uh optimizations possible to provide yeah, that I mean, kind of insights Absolutely. You know, we have we have dashboardings and decision-making tools that allow you to look at all your data. I think, you know, unique to FlowHub, we've got these, you know, we've got these handheld devices we call the NUG, right? Here's a great yeah. example of leveraging data, right? So at the front of the store, when uh, a customer is walking in uh, to a retailer, have someone greet the, the individual coming into the store, scan their driver's license, know that, uh, you know, you're only allowing, um, you know, adults 21 and over into the store. If it's a medical store, you're only allowing medical patients and you're scanning their documentation right there on a very friendly handheld device that will tell you to say happy birthday, or this is a returning customer. This is their first time. Right. And even offer them deals on that device. Right. So that it creates a point of greeting. Um, and what that also does is capture a, a point in time in which the consumer is actually walking into the store. Right. And so what's interesting is we know the software knows how long somebody's been looking in your store for. 
how long are they shopping or, or how long are they standing in line for before they're being seen by a blood tender, right? And we capture all of that information. And so that's very useful in knowing, um, wow, I've got to shorten my lines or I've, I've got to allow people to browse a bit longer. I'm really, you know, this is like, you know, uh, moving cattle through, right? This is not, this is not a great experience. You can actually, just from that sheer data of when someone walks into the store and being checked out, you can learn a lot. Um, you know, it kind of depends sometimes on what the retail environment is, how it's built, but you can leverage that data uh, to, to, to increase cart sizes, to increase cut of, you know, consumer satisfaction. Um, that's a great example of leveraging just like a real quick data point that, uh, you know, um, it's just very easy to di- digest that you may otherwise not have. Um, you know, you, you see another retail that uh, retailers are starting to put cameras uh, that recognize, you know, faces. So that's facial recognition built in that recognize demographics and age and all these things. Well, by nature, Flowhub has this information already. And so, you know, we don't need some of these extraneous tools. And so uh, very quickly, someone can get up and running and start to learn all about the retail environment. That's just one point, right? There are many others, but I thought that would be easy to understand. Uh, no, you know, that's an incredibly valuable uh, component right there, which people often overlook. I mean, I built a retail chain early on in my, uh, was my first uh, entrepreneurial venture was building, was I ended up building a whole chain. Uh, just the scheduling of staff to deal with the flow of customers and be able to do the predictive analysis around when yeah. you need the people is huge. And it makes a massive difference to your business, not just in terms of revenue, but also you don't want a lot of people standing around because that's a demoralizing and you don't want too few people because at the same time it's overly, it's put stress on the customers and the staff and That's right. affects your productivity. So having that level of insight is phenomenal. Now, I think I've, when we come back from the break, which we're going to hit in a few seconds, what I'd love to do is tackle, uh, you know, you mentioned the state-by-state differences, and I'd love to tackle a bit of that when we come back. So uh, thank you. Uh, coming back with Kyle Sherman from Flow Hub. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com, Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 
celebrate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success, Cannabis Radio is back with more of The Green Peak. We're back with Kyle Sherman from FlowHub and uh, FlowHub being a integrated software company that's dealing with the uh, compliance mandate as well as the point of sale and supply chain data. Um, Kyle, you know, come back on a couple of issues after that or a couple of topics after because uh, we actually have some, we do handoff in terms of software earlier stage than you do and there's be some interesting components around it. But as you're working across states and you're dealing with MSOs, but you're dealing with you know companies that are trying to service customer needs across multiple jurisdictions, what are some of the um, biggest issues that companies that are entering the space in the retail end that are coming from one state to the other or just trying to enter in really overlook and underestimate the challenge with operating in this space? What's something yeah, you come across it, all the time? It, it's a great question. And I think what's fascinating, right, uh, you know, in, in, our, in this particular industry in the United States, right, you've got states like Colorado who've been around, you know, operating a legal regulated industry for five years. And then other states like California for 20 years who've operated, uh, uh, you know, I, I was called a gray market, a medical market for about 20 years, right, since 1996, right, who are now having to shift into this Colorado model. And you have retailers who are used to working one way who now have to work another. And you compare those retailers to a Colorado retailer who's, you know, basically built their business, optimized margin all around compliance with the California retailers just now figuring it out. Uh, And then in Michigan, you've got, uh, you know, folks uh, who've been shut down uh, because they changed their licensing procedures and who are now opening back up. And, you know, along with having different labeling requirements and different inventory requirements, different reporting requirements, right? So it becomes quite a complicated mess. And you go, who the heck is going to win here? Retailers could possibly figure out how to win in this crazy market. Well, I think, you know, a couple things. One, um, software is really important in helping these retailers actually figure out how to operate in these markets. And, you know, we obviously help that. A lot of our integrators who write software on top of FlowHub help with this. But, um, you know, I think it's important to note that, uh, you know, for, for folks who are just entering the market, who are looking to open up retail stores, I think it's wise to go visit a market like Colorado versus a California, where you have stability. You have strong margins. You've got people, operators who've been doing this for years, who built their businesses uh, foundationally uh, with compliance. You know, uh, I, I think, you know, it's a mistake to go to a young market and say, this is what the future looks like because that market isn't there yet. And so Colorado, Oregon, right? Uh, these are two markets that are, are relatively mature in the grand scheme of things. And, and I, I think I would recommend to folks to go look at them as kind of what the future is going to look like across the entire U.S. But you have these amalgamations of like, uh, you know, a combination of, you know, Colorado and Oregon law and Alaska, and then you have over here in Michigan, right? It's just, you need software to handle all this because it is highly complex and it's really hard to scale as a retailer over state lines dealing with the complexity. Um, 
you know, so I think you've got to find the right vendors who've been around since day one, you know, meaning that they, you know, there's, these are not folks just entering the space today, largely shooting in the dark about what's needed. You need to work with, you know, vendors who, who are proven have been around a long time, um, who are well financed and, and who really have a grasp on product and the market. So Kyle, you know, when we look at it uh, and when we do our production side, uh, delivering out to companies to manufacture final goods on behalf of patients and uh, worldwide, we provide the data. Uh, we had to build our own tracking software to meet all the government compliance regulations in multiple jurisdictions. But part of it also results in us being able to provide all the way to the end user client. You can know if there's a uh, an extract you're getting, the plant dates on an, all the plants and all of the history on every single plant along the way uh, that you're consuming in the final stage. Do customers ever look for that information when they get to the retail end? How you know? I know when they get to a flower, they'll often look for the you know the entire history. But what about when they're looking for other products? How much do your bud tenders you know, bud tenders spend on that? You know, I, in, in my analysis of where we are today, consumers are still just figuring out what they like to have, right? I mean, they they don't particularly care where it's coming from. They want to understand, is this going to help me sleep? Is this going to wake me up? Is this going to help mm-hmm. me focus? Is this going to taste good? Uh, you know, what am I going to feel like, right? And so I think we're actually at a very early stage here where you don't have that level of sophistication where people care a whole lot about like, where is this actually coming from? You know, they, they know it's coming from some legal market. They know that if you're in Colorado, it's Colorado flower. They know if you're in California, it's California flower. If you're in Oregon, it's Oregon flower, right? There's mm-hmm. no interstate commerce. And so I think over time, we'll start to see the importance of understanding as, as interstate commerce opens up, especially as international commerce opens up in the United States. Uh, hey, this flower is from Colombia. This flower is from Peru. This flower is from Northern California. This flower is from Oregon. And you're in one store right? Mm-hmm. It starts to become like, uh, maybe more like wine. Um, and, and I think, you know, uh, you know, we're going to see a bit more of that uh, probably over the next decade, but it's certainly not in the next couple of years. I mean, I, we, we are still introducing consumers to this world. Uh, Illinois just opened, for, uh, you know, just a few days ago, realistically, right. Uh, for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, th- these are brand new consumers to the industry. Some of these have been dispensary before. Right. So no, they, most customers won't have been right. They're all such right. so new to it, and even trying to develop flavor profiles for most of them is a mystery. How do you right. how do you tackle that? How do you ta- do you tackle the feedback of the flavor profiles, or as customers buy, you know, make a purchase of one product, uh, do they get you know tagged with the information so when they come in back and describe it, and you can give offer them something that allows them to vary what their their experience. Absolutely. I mean, we can recommend, yeah, absolutely. We can recommend products based on, you know, we have billions and billions of dollars over the last five years of of transactional information. We process billions a year, right? And so when you think about that, uh, at scale, you start to look at patterns and go, it's really interesting because men in their early 30s and women in their mid to late 30s, you know, they like very different products and these different demographics or whatever, right? And you start to go, "I, I think we should recommend this person this one thing. Um, and so, yeah, that, that is possible with the data today. And we do do a bit of that. Um, but I, I think, you know, the, the reality is for consumers, they're just excited to be in the store and they, they're, they, they, they want to talk to the bud tender and that's where they're getting the most value today. Um, so over time, again, I think you're going to see the evolution there. Uh, you certainly will uh, see the evolution there, but it, it won't be for a little bit. I, I mean, there's, there's still a bit of, uh, you know, I think uh, exploration going on here, but over the next decade, you'll, you'll certainly see this evolution where, um, 
you know, more specific recommendations and, and consumers trusting those recommendations. Absolutely. And so tell me, as your, your technology platform, it's built on a, uh, you know, it's built on a, an API uh, structure, I assume, and along the way. So do you, are you able to feed the data back so that the producer understands and is able to customize their growth to meet consumer demand and consumer usage? Theoretically, we could do it. We don't do it today. We, we protect our, you know, retailers data and, and yeah. don't give it out to anybody. So, um, you know, what, what we typically do is we'll send data back into the retailer so they can understand their data and, and leverage a bigger market data. Um, but the, you know, overall market data, but the reality is we're not sending it back into the supply side yet. Um, you know, at some point, maybe that would become interesting and, and, and the retailers would want that. And, but, you know, we're not, we're certainly not doing it today. And, and I will, you know, I'll, I'll kind of see over the coming you know, years what happens there, but it's, you know, uh, it, it's certainly possible. But I think what's most important today is building trust with the, the retailers, right? And, and, and knowing, you know, giving them the certainty that they're working with a, a partner who's, who's not like giving out this type of information uh, today to, you know, the, the supply side, even if it would be valuable overall. I, I think that's, uh, you know, TBD what happens there in the coming years. I think it's a great idea. We've t- certainly talked about it, right? But it's just, uh, it's where we are today in the evolution well, of the industry. Well, absolutely. And I think we're still building consumer confidence. Even, there you go. Uh, exactly. Retailer confidence is a whole other matter, but consumer confidence in terms of privacy, in terms of uh, yes. safety and, you know, in every other aspect. So when you speak about, and actually I think when we come back from the break, we should talk a bit about the compliance side, which is so critical for consumer confidence uh, both in terms of the product, but in terms of the source of the materials for the product they're consuming. Um, I think that would be a really interesting area to delve into when we come back from the break with Kyle Sherman from FlowHub. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the board, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky 
a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The The Green Green Peak Peak. with Richard Zwicky. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success, Cannabis Radio is back with more of The Green Peak. And we're back with Kyle Sherman from FlowHub, and we're about to discuss the compliance aspect of consumer retail in uh, cannabis. And, you know, consumer retail, one of the biggest uh, factors in the success or failure of any retail outlet is confidence. And confidence is uh, is sometimes intangible in terms of why people believe or don't believe, but having the confidence to understand the product they're picking up at the store it's a source, it's how clean it is, everything about it so that they have the confidence that they're acquiring a safe, compliant product um, for use is really paramount in this marketplace. And it's something which everybody looks to because all boats float in terms of consumer confidence uh, at the same time. Kyle, how, how do you find retailers are approaching it and are, what are you seeing the trends as far as consumers go on confidence, how has that evolved over the last couple of years? Yeah, you know, look, I, I think with systems like Metric, which is the state reporting system in Colorado, it's the, the system the state uses to collect data from the retailers on a daily basis. It's just like Maryland, Massachusetts, California, Oregon, Alaska, right? Um, th- this is the state. This is the system of record, uh, and yeah. so um, you know, uh, you could only buy product at a legal retail dispensary. Uh, that's coming out of the metric system or, you know, metrics overseeing essentially the supply chain. So, you know, for a fact, what you're buying in a retail environment and a legal retail store is coming from a legal grow or a legal manufacturer, right? It's all tracked there. Uh, and so look, I, I mean, this is what we did in the early days, you know, we back in, gosh, it was probably mid 2014 when I started speaking with the department of revenue in the state of Colorado, but I I went and talked to them and I said, Hey, we need to open up APIs to this reporting system. And an API for those who don't know is uh, essentially a way for two software platforms to communicate. You can send data to and from uh, two disparate systems uh, in one single language essentially. And so uh, every day back in 2014 retailers had to report data manually into the state system, meaning they'd have to key in 24-digit codes. You know, this would take all day and we could bleed into a week-long process just for a batch of something, right, moving from grow to retail. It's, it's incredibly complicated. Un, it's just you, unable to scale as a business, right? So I went yep. to talk to the Department of Revenue and I said, we need an API to the system, some way for us to send data automatically versus all this manual input. And, uh, you know, it took until 2016 to get that uh, API, but it's now a standard in all of the markets I mentioned previously, you know, California, Michigan, all these. And so um, having that API has, has changed the, the game for the retailers because what we're able to do now is create this seamless consumer experience. The bud tender is now spending time, you know, working with the consumer, giving them great advice and, you know, ideas about what they could try if they want to sleep better or whatever, right? Eat, you know, eat better or what, what, what have you, right? They want food to taste better, right? Like whatever it may be, right? They, yep. they, they you know, the bad arthritis, right? Um, all those things now uh, can be at the forefront of the conversation versus having to worry about what's being put in the system, what's being taken out of the system and how where it's moving into the system and what's being reported, right? So people are innately more compliant when a computer's doing all the, the, the kind of the, the messy work 
that was being done manually before. So I think, look, you know, consumers can go in and they feel like they have a great conversation. They're having a great consumer experience. They had a, you know, maybe there was a line, but it wasn't that long at all, right? They were able to get what they wanted and, you know, they had a great experience. That's what's most important. I think driving a phenomenal consumer experience, that consumer should have no idea that the computer is doing all these things behind the scenes to attract the products and where it came from and where it's, you know, how much it's being sold for and what it's being reported to the state. But the consumer knows, gosh, I'm buying an illegal system. This is really cool. And I know that the product I'm getting is safe. Right. And I think, you know, creating that seamless experience for the consumer is important and, and building confidence and trust. But we, the consumer doesn't really care, right? Like, like exactly how this all works. They just want a great product to help them sleep better. And so well, exactly. you know, consumers want to know, want that level of trust and that visibility right. is want a to, huge part of it. Right. But they want to know exactly. They, they want to know that it's being done right. And I think they can go to their favorite dispensary in town knowing it's being done right. They get the label. It says, you know, the potency on it, the tracking number, the expiration date, right? They prints out at the point of sale. It's similar to what you get yeah. when you pick up a prescription at, you know, Walgreens or what have you, right? So you get your custom label and, you know, you're on your way, but it's all about that experience, you know, and, and I think uh, with the way that things are going in the space, we'll see continued automation there, continued transparency for the consumer, at, you know, in this coming decade here. And, you know, it's, I think consumers will be, uh, I think you'll start to see an infusion of technology into this as well on the consumer side. More technology, oh, uh, you know, to meeting the brands where they are. And I, it's, it's, it's all very exciting stuff. It, it is exciting. Although I have to say the... Uh being on the medical side of the business, it's also very confusing because everybody on the medical side uses API for active pharmaceutical ingredient. And then my software team and myself use it for uh, the application protocols. And I'm always having to figure out what language am I speaking when I'm talking to whoever I'm speaking, um, which is one of those industry uh, idiosyncrasies. So, you know, the, the last little bit I want to chat before we uh, have to end today FlowHub's been around since I think 2015 or thereabouts, and you're up to about, uh, you're servicing about 700 retailers. Is that correct? We have over a thousand retailers today on the platform. Fantastic, and they're across how many states? You know, I'd say we're probably in in gosh 11 markets today. Maybe we're in 12 markets. That's uh, that's really impressive, and uh, I know it's a uh, it's challenging to build and to operate and to continue to grow and support an organization like that. And uh, hats off to you. Um, Thank you. But it's incredibly exciting. And, uh, you know, I have a huge belief in platforms and the right platforms uh, being key to the industry growth and uh, success across the board. So, you know what I think it is, you know what I think it you know what I think it is too lastly is it's building great company cultures right I I think yep. you know you can't come into the space and and with a finite mindset to say hey we're going to build something big and exit in 3 years this is about building real infrastructure uh, you know, this is about building longevity and building something for the future. So our children grow up in a safer environment. You know, I think when, when you look at, uh, you know, I think building a company in this industry, uh, we all have a deep why we bring to the table, but the mission and vision of the business and, and, and the cause that we're after, uh, you know, it, it's, it's our, it's our duty to advance that cause, protect our people and, uh, you know, build a strong culture. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is necessary. So, you know, when you think about the, you know, growing in this space, it's, it's so important, uh, to, to have that at, at your foundational level. Uh, it so, is because it all starts with alleviating patients, uh, pains, right. And helping them deal with their conditions and manage their conditions. And, 
You know, people look at all sorts of different issues, but fundamentally we all start from that point. How are we helping patients? How, yep. How do we help the people? Right. That's yeah. it. I mean, that's what a business is here for. It's to help people and to advance a cause. So I just, I, I think that's an important thing to add. And it's the people we have at Flow Hub. We have, uh, gosh, we've probably about about a hundred today here that work for us. And we're, you know, we're very, we're, we're very thankful for all. We wouldn't be here without them. It's great. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. It also, it's any business is built on the, on the team and the people and people often overlook it and just look at, you know, the numbers and don't really understand what goes into making that real impossible. But, uh, you know, thanks for reminding everybody of that because it's something we all, uh, everybody tends to forget from time to time. And with that, we have to close this segment. Thank you to everybody for uh, joining and thanks for, uh, thanks for you, Kyle, for joining us today. Uh, it's been a really great conversation. I hope we get to have you on again. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. And thanks for joining the Green Peak today. I'm Richard Zwicky and I look forward to uh, chatting with everybody again in another week. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.